Welcome to the Airgun Geeks podcast. All topics talked about on this podcast are solely of our opinion and for entertainment purposes. My name is Patrick. Hi, I'm Adam. And how How geeky geeky do you you want want us to get? Episode 6, Troubleshooting Your Airgun. How you doing, Adam? I'm good. And how are you, Pat? I am doing well. All right. So I have a question for you. So I have a brake barrel air gun and it's, I feel like I've lost power. What do I do? Well, okay. So you lost power. How, how old is the air gun? Um, it's about 10 years old. 10 years old. Okay. All right. Well, um, have you stored it? Was it cocked when you got to it? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Well, spring powered or, um, Compressed air guns, uh, like uh, the nitro systems, the compressed gas systems, um, they have a piston inside. And when you cock it, it's pulling that piston cup back, and that's what makes your pressure. So, depending on who makes the gun, depends on what the cup is made out of. They could be made out of uh, like a plasticky type material or they could be made out of leather depending on the age uh if it's a like a nitrogen filled system you could have lost the nitrogen gas that's in the power plant which is why you're getting less speed less feet per second out of all of that um a simple trick is you could try dropping some silicone oil two or three drops Uh, refer to your owner's manual, but two or three drops into that little tiny hole and move the gun all around and just let it sit for, I'd probably say for, I'd say a day if it's been sitting for 10 years. And just keep rotating the gun. Don't cock the gun. Okay. Okay. So you want to open it just a little bit to where it's not cocking it and the bear trap didn't grab it and just let it sit. Then the next day, stick your pellet in there. Cock the gun, probably fire that thing, I'd probably say 20, 30 times with pellets in it, of course, and see if the feet per second's coming back up. If it's not, you're going to have to replace the cup. The piston cup is what I should say. Um, Or you're going to have to replace the whole power plant inside if it's a gas system. So it's pretty simple, but it's complicated. Um, the reason I asked if you if you cocked it is if it's a spring or a gas piston system. If it's gas piston, it can escape out over time. Uh, if it's a spring, well, it's a spring. You've compressed the spring. Now the spring's weak. So that would actually be part of a, a big tune-up when you go to get the cup replaced. They might just replace the spring also. Okay. So... My question is CO2 guns. So <laughs> it depends on the CO2 gun. So most CO2 guns that I've gotten to handle, it will have a O-ring around the puncture point. So usually if you're putting in your CO2 and it starts to leak from around the neck of the CO2, one, have you been using Pelgun oil? And I named that one because it's a good, well-known oil for keeping the inside of the CO2 and those O-rings lubricated. If you've been doing that, See if it's gotten damaged. It happens. 
See if you somehow lost it. I mean, it's I've seen it where they blow off. You had a little too much CO2 left in it, tried to remove it, you decompressed it. CO2 is liquid under pressure. As soon as you relieve that pressure, it goes back to being a gas, and it gas escapes. That can damage that O-ring. Check that. If that's not it, some of the higher-end ones, you can actually replace that entire puncture system. On the lower-end ones, unfortunately, it could be time to look at a new gun. Yeah, like the, the especially the CO2 pistols that have the magazine. Yeah. You just buy a new mag, and that resolves that issue. If you have the old uh, Crossman revolver, like we were just talking about a few minutes ago uh, before we started this podcast, I was like, yeah, I found an old revolver on eBay. That thing's got to be almost 30 years old. I, I, Adam's like, I bet you it leaks. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's that little that little Delrin, yep, little white piece of plasticky thing where the little puncture is that for the for the for the neck of the CO two cartridge. I had to replace those years ago too, playing around because I was letting it go too early. And I'm like, ah, oh, wasting all that, it's so cold, burning my fingers, you know. Well, it damages that, you know. But uh, but if it's leaking anywhere else. Like out the gun, or it's, you know, pissing out or whatever, and it's not that. Some guns can be rebuilt, but a lot of them, that's that's the end of their life. And circle can them or put them up on the mantle. So, then that leaves just PCPs, which I know it seems like we've kind of blown through the gas and the spring pistons pretty quickly. But when it comes down to it. There isn't a lot of troubleshooting that does involve. It's literally your power plant. With CO2s, it's your puncture point. Your O-rings is well lubricated. Mm-hmm. PCPs, they're quite a bit more complicated. So this will be covering more of this episode, which if you don't have a PCP, it's still good to listen to because you're going to understand some of what we look at when we're trying to help people. Correct, correct. And there's all types of yes. PCPs from very simple to very complicated with like with a lot of them like the fx impact i think it's like 21 o-rings in that thing that sounds right so you you know you just you gotta you gotta be careful but uh but uh let's start with um well let's start with you know my pcp is not taking air Good, good place to start. Good place to so start. Then let's let's start about. We just got our gun. If we look at our gauge. Our gauge is zero. Oh my god! I have a hand pump, and I can't get my gun to take air. So, first thing you do, cock the gun. Don't load it. Cock the gun. Leave the bolt or the side lever, or however the gun cocks. Leave that back, because what can happen is that hammer weight and that hammer spring can push on the valve. Leave that valve open just a little bit. If we're using a hand pump. We're using a slow compressor. We're never going to get enough air fast enough to close that valve against that hammer weight. So just do everything you can to get that weight off of that valve. Good point. Also says that in the owner's manual to cock the gun. Now, what's another one? That's probably 95% of the calls I take. Mm -hmm. So what about you, Pat? Oh, so I'll get, and this is a funny one, but it's a hand pump. I'm pumping, 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 pumping. Got it cocked. Everything's working. It's all connected. You got to close the bleed off on the pump. That is 
I wouldn't say very common, but it can happen. You're checking everything else on the gun. Make sure you check that your fill source, that includes hand pumps, compressors, uh, your bottle you'll know real quick because it'll be hissing something fierce. Um, the next step after that is you filled the gun, but now it won't fire. So what's the problem there, Adam? So the gun has air and it won't fire. Correct. Do yeah, we- I filled it up and 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 I pull the trigger and it doesn't do anything. It just goes nothing. So did it made a sound though. I heard something go bink. So there's some noise in there. So first thing, if you have a magazine, get the magazine out of there. Double check that you actually cocked the gun completely. Some guns, uh, particularly the ones that actually are the bolt throw style, where it's you know 60, 80, 90, 120 degree bolt throws, when you go to pull it back, make sure you've pulled it back far enough to actually cock the gun completely. Uh, Marauders, this is fairly common. The um, Diana Chaser, it's another very common one. Mm-hmm. I've done it on my day state. So just get too excited. Didn't realize that you didn't cock it all the way back. And you can still hear a sound because you're still releasing. When you pull that trigger on some of them, you can pull that trigger. You'll still hear a sound. That's just mechanical parts releasing. You've only half cocked it, basically. Mm-hmm. So that's common. What's another solution to that? Uh, you've overfilled it. So like the Marauders are known for it. Fills the 3,000 PSI. You put 3,500 PSI in it. Well... Now you have way too much pressure behind the valve. The hammer can't hit it hard enough to open it. Seen it a lot, a lot. So the only way to fix that, and that's called hammer, that's called valve lock. And the only way to fix that is to take the gauge, the very end, and crack that thing open till it starts hissing, because you got to release the pressure to the 3000 mark and then you can tighten it back up and, and go forward um, some guns if you overfill them too far they have a burst disc in them and that well that'll make you pee your pants because uh, when that goes off it's loud but it's a, it's a safety precaution um, for when you like drastically overfill it that would be the other thing that I've seen and that I know that would be done Yep. now what about I'm hearing a sound, I'm hearing, I'm feeling air, and I'm actually getting almost like um, backfiring, where I can feel air hitting my face. Mm. Now, some guns are known for that, which one to name is the hammer, but I've seen it where you actually, if you have on your pellet probe, if the O-ring's damaged, you can get some backfiring or backblast that way. Correct, correct. Yep, yep. The uh, breech O-ring, probe O-ring, same thing. Mm -hmm. One's on the probe. One's inside the barrel or the breech. Um, you'll really feel that on like a bullpup or the FX impact, um, especially if you have a pellet that's double or triple fed because you half cocked it and you have a, <laughs> and it, the air's got to go somewhere. So what it does is it builds up. And when you go to cock it and take it back, it goes, it just releases all that air right on your face. Um, Another place where you'll have that, which is normal, is on some of the semi-auto guns. Because the bolt's going back and forth, it's going to release some of that air. So you might feel a little air or hear a little pop sound, 
and that's normal, like the uh, the SAM, the semi-automatic Marauder, which is actually pressure dri- pressure driven, like a twenty two, uh, like a ten twenty two. Yep, same type of system. Now, what about my gun was holding air, and now I'm filling it up with a hand pump or my tank, and when I go to bleed, all the air is leaving the gun. That's oh. another really common one. Very common. Um, that has to do with dry O-rings. So there's a little one-way check valve in your in your male foster fitting, or even in the probes, there's a little check valve in there that's got a little spring behind it and a little O-ring on the tip. And when you build up enough pressure, if you're watching your gauge, you'll see your gauge fall, and it's filling the gun. So some most of the time, it's either lack of lubrication or age. Um, and generally, lubrication might fix it for a short period of time. But what you need to do is try and bleed the air off real fast. And if that doesn't work, you're going to have to take it apart and you're going to have to replace that little O-ring on that little check valve. Because when you release the pressure in your fill source, it uses that spring to close it. So what it's doing is it's getting stuck open. Now, I've heard of some people actually taking and put a little bit of silicone oil in there and then tapping the gun on the floor to try to get that hammer to spring, tapping the butt of the gun uh-huh. on the floor to try to get that hammer, that hammer spring or that, uh, that check valve spring to work. Have you heard of that before? I have heard of it. I do not recommend it. Okay. Um, what I do is get a needle oiler, mm-hmm. get it in the hole, and if you got a hand pump, you can just try and hand pump it while it's vertical so that you're using gravity and the air while you're pumping will push it in and around the o-ring if you have a if you have a bottle or even a compressor it's even easier uh just turn it on real real quick a little quick shot or just start to fill it and you'll hear go and it generally starts going uh sometimes you'll hear a it's very annoying a lot of times, that's the, the Avengers do that. Uh, and generally, if you lube them up a little bit, that, that O-ring in there, uh, it generally stops. But uh, but yeah, that's what that's what I do as a okay. quick fix. Banging on the ground. I don't want to bang anything on the ground, especially if I got my nice scope on it. Okay. Now, what's another one? Um, I'm using a hand pump, and I'm trying to fill my gun up, but my, my probe... Is still loose and my gauge doesn't match my gun. Uh, the loose probe. So, first off, if you're using probes, you need to make sure that those O rings on the probe are lubed up with silicone. Two, you need to make sure the probe is in all the way. That's a big thing. You got to make sure it gets all the way in there. And then once you start building pressure, then, then it won't go, it won't pop out. Um, Make sure that all your connections are tight because you do, if you didn't have it screwed in all the way, um, it can leak past the Durlin seal inside. If you have a male foster fitting on there, there's a little O-ring in the female foster fitting. Sometimes I'll pick, take a little oil once in a while, put it on the end of the male foster fitting and stick it in there and, and just spin it around so it stays all nice and lubed up. Um, that's a good thing on your uh, your fill sources to have deadheads. So it keeps all the dirt and whatnot and, and moisture out and keeps that thing nice and lubed up by the elements. Now, for those of people that don't know, sometimes a deadhead is also called a test plug. So 
a lot of the, the manuals are not saying deadhead anymore. They're actually coming out and saying test plug. That's the same thing that we're talking about, where you put that test plug or the deadhead into it to keep your female foster clean. Correct. Yeah, because because dirt will also hold open that check valve too in your fill in your gun too. You know, you, that's why they have you know dust plugs over yeah. them. You know, caps. So, and some guns even have what looks like Brillo pad, copper Brillo pad in there. It's to keep out the micro stuff, but some stuff still can get through their overtime. But yeah, that's why we all have caps over them, especially on like the impacts. Uh, uh, Air Arms has a big cap that you screw on over the end to try and alleviate all of that. Um, so how about this one, Adam? I filled my magazine. I got air in it. I shot it a couple times. No pellets yet. Everything's working. I load it up, shooting down range, hole in the target, shoot again, no hole, shoot again, no hole. Am I missing? Shot again, no hole. What's going on here, Adam? So at that point, I'd actually say double check, take the magazine out, see if you can find a light source so you can look with the magazine out, the gun bolt open. See if you can get a light source and see if you can't get it to shine down the barrel. Because there's a chance that you just dropped so low in pressure and didn't realize it that you now have one, two, three, four, seven, eight, nine, in some extreme cases, ten pellets in your barrel. Wow. So Or I half cocked. Or you half cocked. Half cocked. You didn't pull it back far enough, then cocked the hammer all the way back till it clicked, pushed it forward, went, oh, I didn't do that. Pull it back again. Now you've just loaded two two pellets. Generally, ain't too bad. But when you start getting three, ooh, three—that's that's a little much. That might be a time to uh take a uh, wooden doll rod and you know try to tap it back. Tap it back, and then and then the extreme of that is you ran low on air or whatever, and it got stuck down the barrel. So now there's a travel time from the second shot smacks the rear of the first pellet. And mushrooms everything and forms it into the rifling of your gun. He makes it a plug. plug. That's a better word. A plug. So that would also go along with when you cock the gun, you hear that and it's blowing you in the face, which is big on the FX guns because your face is right there. And we've had some customers send some guns in. And that's what's wrong. Even the extreme was a guy actually split an FX liner. He had his gun pretty running pretty hot, fired it three times, and the third one split split the liner. Now, that's an extreme case, but... Actually, speaking about FX guns, another call that I get all the time is that the magazine isn't going into my Impact, my Crown, my Wildcat, or my Maverick. So... On those, those are, you know, guns with interchangeable barrel systems. So what would cause it so the magazine doesn't fit? So because you can remove the ma- the uh, the barrel out of those, it's always recommended, and not necessarily in the manual, but if it won't fit, I bet you it's the breech part or the brass-colored part of the barrel. So what you're going to want to do is loosen up the two or four bolts um, set screws 
loosen those, pull it forward, stick the magazine in, unload it, and then push the barrel to where it's just touching the magazine, tighten everything up, and then you're good. So for the powder burners, we'd call that almost like head spacing it. That, yeah, yeah. That I mean, would... it's where where head space and powder burning world is based either on the rim or the head or the shoulder of the cartridge, but that's basically you're describing a head spacing procedure. Yep, your no your no go go gauges, and okay. and this is your no go go. You can't get the darn magazine in there, or your single shot tray. It, it goes either way. That happens a lot with the uh, with the crowns. They they're like it don't fit it don't fit this is it's got a, this is the new MK two, well that doesn't mean anything, um, you just loosen the four set screws up pull it out a little bit stick your stick your shot tray in there push it back to where it just touches tighten everything up and then you're good. Okay. Now, speaking of that, my gun won't hold zero. I mean on that one there's actually and I'm going to take this so there's a few things. So on the gun won't hold zero, it's are you shooting with consistent pressure? Are you shooting with consistent temperature? Are you using a scope of known quality on a gun of known quality? And lastly, it's have you tested pellets? Maybe your gun just doesn't like that pellet. Personally, whenever I get a new gun, I probably put about a dozen different pellets through it to see which one shoots the best. And I'll do so with a scope of known quality and then get another scope for the gun. Just because I want to make sure that the scope I'm using, I know that scope works. It has never failed me. It's going on a gun that I'm taking a lot of time to find the best ammo for. But I am. I'm using, you know, I have an Avenger. I'm shooting the 18.1 grain JSBs. Yesterday I was, you know, spot on 55 yards into the half inch group. But now today I'm, you know, four inches low. Okay. What's your reg pressure? Is it set the same? Some guns, reg pressures can creep. Usually it's fixed in the first shot. Usually. You have enough pressure in the gun. You've let it sit overnight. Guns generally don't leak in the sense of what we're saying of, I put it up to 250 bar and now it's down to 100. That's another issue that we'll discuss here momentarily. We're talking, if you filled it up last night to 250 and you put it away right away, if it goes down to 220, that's okay. You have temperature changes. As you fill up the gun, your cylinder, your air reservoir is going to get hot. When it cools, well, pressure has to go down to match. So if you do a really fast shot string, you're actually going to notice that your barrel and your air cylinder is going to get really cold. So you let them sit, they can come back up in pressure. Well, if I'm now taking and filling it when it's really cold, equalizing temperature, not always. So just double check that you have the same pressure and temperature. Lastly, did you drop it? I mean, there's a chance ever so slightly, depending on the scope, that you can damage the scopes. Scopes can go bad. Um, normally, that's not a case of shifts. That's normally like you go from a group to a pattern where one shot's going to be inches high. Next shot's going to be inches low. That's either you've got a loose scope mount or... It does happen, but scopes can go bad, and it usually happens on springers because you do have to match up, well, in any actual nitro piston gun, you do have to make sure that you're matching the appropriate scope to that power plant. Did I miss anything, Patrick? Breach O-rings. Breach O-rings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Breach O-ring. 
or a probo ring are the two terms for that because uh, they can go bad as you're shooting you know you you never know when it's just uh if you're like hmm just start with the simple stuff first um and uh did, did, how many drinks did you have when you're shooting too that that can hey, affect hey uh, wait whoa 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 <laughs> guns and alcohol don't mix we know this very true i i, I was talking iced tea i was you know virgin island iced teas wait um, you mean the ones that say mics on them don't count no no oh. no no those don't work oh, okay um i think i think that that would ever cover pretty much everything um Changing the grain, make sure you got the same grain that you were zeroed in at. So if it's if all of a sudden you pick it up and you got, you know, you you, you got it fourteen grains and you picked up eighteens, well the gun might not like it, for one. Two, they're heavier, so now you're shooting low. So always make sure you check your ammunition. Um, and if you sorted pellets, this is an eyeball one. You picked up heavier pellets because you're, you're sighted in for a grain rate of this, and these are the real light ones or the heavy ones and the gun don't like it um or you picked up a different manufacturer so you you cited in and it loves jsb 18 grains and you have fx pellets 18 grain same manufacturer but a little bit different in the manufacturing process or you went air arms or h&n or whatever just make sure you got the the same tin that you zeroed in with Keep with what it likes to eat. Now, one of the things I had mentioned is the slow leak. So the big trick that I know is a little bit of silicone oil, like literally a drop or two, in your fill probe, fill port hole. So get your gun filled with air, dry fire it till you get down to about 100 bar, rinse, wash, and repeat. Do that about twice. Is there anything else that we can check? Well, it really depends on the gun. Okay. So let's go high level, FX impact. Get yourself some soapy water or get some leak detector stuff, which is basically compressed soapy water. Uh, there are um, links to all of this that I'll add to the description on FX Masterclass on how to check for leaks because uh, it could be the bottle O-ring or it could be any of the other O-rings and there's little holes that you can squirt the soapy water in to see if your reg's leaking, see if the bottle's leaking, see if your valve is leaking. You now you got your power plenum on the impact. Uh, uh, same thing with the Dreamlines. There are different leak spots that you can go and test. Again, FX Masterclass has all of these videos on where to look for leaks. Um, if you have, let's... Can we do the same thing on, say, an Avenger? Yep, I mean, that's where I was going. Okay. Yep, yep, same thing with the Avenger. So... On the Avenger, I mean, that's not nearly as complicated as an impact. So how many O-rings are in an Avenger? Well, there's uh, there's your main air tube that you can see. So you pull the little cap off. You got where your Forrester filling screwed into. Is that leaking there, that little O-ring in there? Maybe a slow leak. Is it screwed in all the way? Then there's an O-ring on that cap. Then there's an O-ring on the bottom cap where it screws into the main block. And there's an external one. And then there's an internal one where that threaded end screws into the tube. And then there's a little 80, I think it's an 80cc tube. And this happened to me. They, I decompressed it to adjust the reg. And the top O-ring shrunk and lost pressure. And therefore, it wouldn't hold any pressure. 
So there's a cap on the end because these are tubes with two caps. And again, threaded end, O-ring there. Another O-ring inside. And then you have an O-ring for each gauge, right? Red gauge, pressure in the bottle. Then there's your burst disc. Not saying that that would leak, but it's a place to check. It's a hole. Then there's the decompression uh, bolt uh, or set screw or whatever you want to call it. Is that closed <laughs> or is it leaking? That's another place that it can leak. Um, another way you can check is to see if the valve is leaking. And that you would need to uh, squirt soapy water into the breach and it goes down the transfer port hole to the valve and it would bubble now for people that have listened to us for a little while we've talked about moisture being the enemy of air guns would we really want to do that well if you want to know if it's leaking it's not going to hurt it because it's on the other end it's not in the air tube it's on the other side of the valve and I'm telling you, as soon as you pull that trigger a couple of times, it'll blow the water down the barrel. And then you're going to want to clean the barrel because right now we're in a diagnostic process. And everyone knows you should have cleaned your barrel with FP10 or, or Ballistol so it's protected. Um, and when you're all done trying to figure out where the leaks are and all of that, I would suggest clean the barrel, wipe everything down, make sure that that moisture that you've put into it is out. Okay. Um, now with that also being said, if you store your gun in the garage and you bring it into your warm house, you're probably going to be spraying water <laughs> because it's going to build condensation. See? Don't ask me how I know this. It's going to be building condensation and you're going to have a bit of a water gun. So I don't ever suggest keeping them in the garage or in a place where it's going to get very cold. Like a cold basement or a root cellar? That would be a bad place to keep oh. it, yeah, yeah. Okay, I better move it, those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, unless it's like, you know, lukewarm down there and you got them all oiled up nicely. That, that might be a different thing. But uh big thing is cold, especially if you live in the cold areas, which is pretty much the whole United States right now, um, including Florida, where the iguanas are falling out of the trees. Um, but you, you want to keep your gun clean, oiled, and once you figure out everything... Fill it up to the maximum pressure. Make sure you hear no hissing or pissing sound. Fire it a couple times. Make sure that it's nice and cold, you know, because if you feel too, fill a gun pretty quick, they get pretty warm. I would suggest taking a picture of the gauge, put it off in the corner, leave it till tomorrow, 24 hours. And if it only moved five bar, maybe 10, because you filled it depending on how warm it was. Not a big deal, but if you filled it at 250 bar and you come in and then it's at 100, we still got a leak, you know. So then you got to keep you got to keep looking. Okay. And now we've talked about leaking guns. We've talked about filling guns. We've talked about backfiring guns. We've talked about potential inaccuracies or inconsistencies. Have we missed anything? Hmm. Besides an obvious bent barrel for accuracy as far as issues? Um, 
Wait, we can bend the barrels? Are you, really? Yeah. Oh, oh, you wait. didn't know. Oh, oh. Yes. Yes, yes, you can, oh. you can, <laughs> funny story, watching a guy stick a Marauder barrel in a tr- in a truck's trailer hitch to straighten out the barrel in the old days. Now there, there's something for you there. Now, if, if you want to get real geeky, FX is the only one that I know offhand to where you would need to clock the barrel. Now, this is more tuning but it can also affect the it could bring up the question i have no more elevation or i have no more windage or my windage is way off than than i think it should be and there's multitudes of videos on this um and i'll and i'll attach one um was it uh gerard did a good one on clocking the barrel with the fx gun there's a couple others and literally what that consists of is you would take the tension nut off, put a black line, fire five shots, turn the line to three o'clock, five shots, six o'clock, five shots, nine o'clock, five shots. And what you want is you want a vertical arch pattern versus a windage one, a horizontal one. Horizontal one, you don't want to be dealing with that because now you're like got to do extra math with windage and all this other stuff. Your windage elevation is is all jacked up, so... Your goal is to have a nice vertical arch. If you got high speed cameras like some of the guys do, you could you could see the difference. Um, but you'll definitely see it in your target. Okay. And so I guess this is let's say troubleshooting and more of a general question. But let's say I'm shooting very accurately at seventy five yards, and I'm ready to take that extra twenty five yards. And I'm inconsistent at that point where I've gone from having that nice one inch group at at 75 yards and I'm a four inch group at a hundred yards. Like what's going on? What happened to my gun? It was so good at 75 yards. And this is where we did talk about barrels and twist rates and stabilizing pellets or slugs. And somewhere in there we have now destabilized. Yeah. Now this is getting to the real geeky side. Um, and what's happening is, is your pellet or slug is destabilizing, thus doing all types of funky stuff. It starts spiraling, it'll just drop, it gets affected by the wind, it's slowing down. All sorts of factors are going into that one. Um, that's why we'll test different pellets. Like we'll say 20 yards, that's a phenomenal pellet. 40 yards, that pellet's still good. But we just hit 50, and it went from, like, a nickel group to, like, a half dollar. And you're like, whoa. And then you push it out to to, to 60 yards, and, and you'd be lucky to hit the broadside of a doe. <laughs> you know, it, it, could, it could get real bad. So you'll know that that is a 40-yard or 50-yard pellet. Um, so you just got to know what distances that pellet you're shooting can go accurately, which goes into our previous podcasts of uh, ethically and humanely dispatching pests four to five shots at a specific distance. And you go and range that target. And all of a sudden you're like, well, that's at 70 yards. And I know that this pellet is only accurate at 50. 
I'm not going to take that shot for a number of reasons. Uh, and this is really important, really important, Adam. When you get into competitions, you do not want to be training at 50 yards. And let's say you're going to go to Armac, where they're going to be shooting 100. You're shooting a 100 yard competition. You, you might as well not even join, because you're going to be all over the place, you know. Or you might luck out, but you know, you, you got to know what you're shooting. Would, would you not agree? Absolutely, absolutely agree with that. Yeah. The the other thing could be just way too much wind downrange that you're not noticing, that's pushing your pellet, which is why a, a good scope, especially when you're getting out to longer distances, because it's called walking in the shot. Sometimes you can walk it in if you get lucky with the, the target you're looking at. Um, but sometimes you only have one shot. Yeah. So, well, I, I think we've touched on every I, aspect that we can think of. Um, and if we missed one, please don't hesitate to let us know as one we're always learning as well. All right. Well, it's been fun. And... Stay geeky. Hey, special announcement, Airgun Geeks. Next week, we have a special episode where we are interviewing the current HFT National Hunter Field Target champion, Philip Hepler. Stay tuned. It's going to be exciting. Thank you again for taking some time out of your day to listen to the Airgun Geeks podcast. If you have any topics you would like to hear on our podcast, feel free to email us at airgungeeks at gmail.com. You can also join our Facebook group, also titled Airgun Geeks. And we are also going to have a YouTube channel titled Airgun Geeks. And possibly in the future, there might be some videos on there. If you like what you've heard and would like to help support Airgun Geeks, please check out our Patreon page. Or you can also just donate to our PayPal links. Just go to the links that we have in the description to help us out. Last but not least, if you like what you heard, give us five stars. We, we would really appreciate that. Till we meet again, shoot straight and stay geeky.